Jewish Latin Princess episode 182, Summer Playlist with Margie Scherer, creator of Live a Little Higher. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. Hey guys, welcome back to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. It is the end of summer and it's the month of Elul. We are getting ready for the beginning of the school year and more importantly, for the month of Tishrei. I will be away for the next two weeks on vacation and leaving you with three episodes per week a summer playlist that I've curated, going back through the archives and going, hmm, I really, I remember liking this episode so much and or this guest, she was such a pleasure and I loved what she had to say. And this this episode definitely needs a spotlight shine onto it. So I, with that thought, I curated a list of a summer playlist list for you guys and added these six episodes. Not easy to choose, but definitely these six shows I'm leaving you with were some of my favorites from the archives. Archives. And you know, we've been here for a while. I'll be back the week of August 23rd with regular programming, interview, mini-sodes, and Ask Yael. Enjoy this awesome summer playlist right here. Margie Scherer, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Hi, Gael. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that we got together. I mean, what happens when two Jewish Latin princesses get together like this? <laughs> <laughs> they make a party. A party. My husband would be running out of the room. He'd be scared. <laughs> yes. Margie, you are a Jewish educator who's been involved in teaching Torah for over a decade, leaving your mark all over Miami. And I'm not even sure how come we never crossed paths. We definitely meant to meet because we lived in similar places. And I'm pretty sure we lived in Miami also at the same time. But anyways, we ended up meeting in person in New York City, where you've migrated to most recently, and where you launched your newest project, which is Live a Live a little higher, a platform where you post your videos on Parsha, on ethics of our fathers, on many, many Torah topics. You also have class those classes on your podcast by the same name, and you post daily on your Instagram page. I mean, all of that to say that you're extremely, extremely prolific. So before we get to today to live a little higher, let's take a few big steps back and, and take us back to the beginning. I understand you grew up in Bogota, Colombia, not as a very Torah observant Jewish woman, but you made the decision to move to Miami and that kind of changed a lot of your life changed there. It's almost like, you know how they say mission mission mazal, like you change your place of residence and your mazal changes. So something happened when you arrived in Miami. So walk us through that journey. What happened? How did the transformation take place? Uh, well, yes, I was born actually in Medellin, in mm -hmm. Colombia. It's famous for not very yeah. good. <laughs> and I grew up in Bogota where I met my husband and we got married and we lived there 11 years of our marriage. 
Uh, Bogota became a very complicated city with a lot of insecurity, kidnappings. Uh, this was in the uh, 1998. Mm -hmm. And uh, suddenly we decided, no, we need to get out of here and uh, just move and give our kids a better place to grow up where they can be like more, more like safer. Correct. And so we decided to move to, to, move to Miami. We moved in, uh, in June 1998. And um, I, was, I grew up in, a, in an American school. I went to an American school in Bogota, El Colegio Nueva Granada, which I love. Many of my friends did go there too. Yes, I <laughs> love that school till today. It's an amazing school. And I had the best childhood in that school. We were like 100 kids in my class from which 30 were Jewish kids. Mm -hmm. So I always grew up very like in a bubble. I had my Jewish friends and um, and I met all types of people from everywhere. I grew up very like multicultural, but always knowing who I was and with a very firm Jewish identity and mm -hmm. very proud. Mm -hmm. The Colombian Jews are very proud Jews. Correct. And but we didn't have the the Torah aspect. It it was not there. Uh, I don't know why. It, it it never got to Bogota. Now now it's growing more. Mm -hmm. And when we moved to Miami, I wanted to put my daughters in an American school because I had this very open-minded uh, mentality of you have to meet everybody, you have to know everybody, you have to be able to to live as who you are in, in the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, my husband moved six months before I did with mm -hmm. the children. He moved before because he was building a business. And he called me one day, it was January, and he said, I need to pay the, um, the, 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 the school because we need to, to reserve the spots for the girls. Uh, and I need you to decide which school you want. Mm -hmm. so I said to him, okay, please go and look at this American school that I had thought about. And, uh, and he says, okay, I want to also go and look at the Jewish day school. Huh. So he went to the two schools and he called me afterwards and he says, look, this is what I saw here and this is what I saw here. And I got a gut feeling. I had never felt this in my life. It was really in the middle of the, of my stomach. It was like a punch. And I said to him, eh, put them in the Jewish school. He huh. says, what? Are you sure? You're crazy? This is not you? Are you sure? 100%? I said, yes, yes, yes. Don't ask me again. Just put them in the Jewish school. They're going to a Jewish day school. So I, we enrolled them in the Hillel Jewish day school in, in Miami, sure. in, in North Miami. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it really was wonderful. I thought all the kids in that school were religious kids. So I put I, I, I said no I have to make my home kosher because I <laughs> to come home and, and be able to play in my house and eat in my house I had no idea what kosher really meant so I started buying uh, you know like I wouldn't I, I looked for the OU in things right I really didn't know very well but a few years later I, I got more knowledge of it and when we moved into our new home I, I called Rabbi Shai Amar from Golden Beach and he came and he, he taught me everything and I made a full uh, kosher home. So that's how we began. It's funny because the kids were like, it's a very religious school, but the kids were not. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, we became, we made a kosher home and a year later, my oldest daughter was doing her bat mitzvah, again, Rabbi Amar. 
And my husband said to me, so what is, what religious thing is he going to do for the bat mitzvah? So I asked him, he says, well, we can do a Havdalah service. It was a party for the children. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I have no idea what that is. He explained <laughs> it to me. I came home, and it's very interesting. This was 2001, the year of uh, September 11. Mm-hmm. I came home, and I said to my husband, he wants to do a Havdalah service. So I had to explain to him what a Havdalah service was. And then in Parashah Lech Lecha of that year, he comes to me on a Wednesday morning and he says to me, don't ask me why, but I need to become Shomer Shabbat. Your husband. My husband. So he said to me, don't ask me why. He woke up on Wednesday. He said, but I need to become Shomer Shabbat. And don't ask me because I really don't have an answer. I don't know what it is. And Had uh, he been learning? Like, had he been going? Yes, he's been learning all his life. He loves to learn. He's a learner. He, uh-huh. he, he went to shul. He went to shul every Friday night, and then he started going on Saturdays uh, in the car. Right, right. And suddenly he woke up this Wednesday, and he said to me, I need to become Shomer Shabbat. So I, I come from a Sephardic ra- background. My, mm-hmm. father, my father's mother, my grandmother came from Syria. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in our home, my mother always, like, she pampered my father a lot. So we're like the same style. So I said to him, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to become Shomer Shabbat. I'm not ready for that, but I'll help you uh, become Shomer Shabbat. I called again Rabbi Shayamar, and he told me what to do. Get a crock pot, the lights, the ovens. You can cook till this time. You cannot do this. You cannot. I have everything in a notebook that I wrote. <laughs> Ay, que bella. So yes, cute. <laughs> I opened it up a few years ago. I started crying. Oh. And uh, so I told my daughters, okay, so Shabbat is uh, dinner and lunch is at home with your dad. We're not going to leave him alone. And then afterwards, you can do whatever you want. And, uh, and so like eight months later, I see this guy and he's having the time of his life. And I'm like this soccer mom driving my kids all Saturday here, driving them there. And one day I looked at him and I said, you know what? This is crazy. Why am I don't take a day off too? This is not normal. And I said to my daughters, I'm also becoming Shomer Shabbat. So now you have to do on your own. I, I cannot drive you anywhere. How, how old are the girls at this point? At this point, my oldest one is almost 13. Mm-hmm. The, the middle one is 10. And my little one is six. So let's not discount the how hard it is for children at that age just to kind of like hear this. <laughs> okay, go on. Okay, so I have a very good friend who went through the same process uh-huh. as me, and I, I, I called her up and I said, like, I'm in this point of my life, I don't know what to do. And she says, Margie, you give your daughters, but because of the age they have, uh-huh. you have to let them decide on their own. You, 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 in your house, you tell them the house is Shomer Shabbat, in your rooms you can do whatever you want. If you want to have the TV on, you have to leave it in one channel, one volume, the whole Shabbat. You choose, but you have to respect the home. Uh, it's Shabbat, but in your rooms, you can do whatever you want. And this is the way we went. And uh, eventually, each one of them came to to keep Shabbat and keep all the mitzvot. I have two mm. married daughters. They wear shaitals. They have beautiful families. And, and, and they're all from. Wow. And, yeah. 
Wow. So, so part of, part of the secret there was to put the boundaries, but not, but, but not engage in a, or try to avoid a power struggle over this, right? Exactly. It was to put the boundaries and very important. We show them a happy home, yeah, exactly. a, happy, a happy room home. Right. That I think it's that they saw that they, we really loved it and we really enjoyed it and, and we were happy parents. Amazing. Amazing. So how does the transition into Jewish educator happen? Because, okay, here you are, you're kind of new to this. Obviously, very quickly, I'm assuming that you became very excited and to the point that you started te not just learning, but teaching, but, but, but um, connect the dots for us a little bit. Okay, so I have a friend that is an incredible teacher. Her name is Vivian Perez. She's uh, very we have well a mutual friend. I was going to say the name because, she's come on. She's very well known in Florida <laughs> and Israel and everywhere she goes. And I used to go to her uh, shiurim every week. So did I. <laughs> and so maybe we were there together. We I'm, did, I'm I don't telling know. you, we've crossed paths before. Yes. So she, she, she used to travel a lot. She still does. And every time she used to travel, she used to call me up and say, can you substitute for me? And I was like, Vivian, how can I substitute for you? How can I give a Torah class? Like, I still wear blue jeans. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I do this? So I, I started buying some skirts. And every time I would give her a, 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 one of her classes, I, I, start, I, I would wear my skirt and go like, you know, presentable. <laughs> and, uh, and then one day, one of the girls from my community, mm -hmm. she came up to me and she said, you know what, we're missing a Torah class on Shabbat. And I think the best person to do it is you. So at this point, you weren't living in Bal Harbor. You, you weren't no, living no, by I Vivian. I never lived in Bal Harbor. I lived uh -huh. in Harbor Islands, which is actually in Hollywood. Right. Okay. Okay. So and you would go to Vivian. She's an inspiration. She's pushing you a little bit. And then you get somebody to ask you, listen, step up to the plate. We need a Torah teacher. You could do it. Yes, we need a, to a Torah teacher. You can do it. I, we love how you talk. We love how you express yourselves. And I was in this growing moment of my life right. change and I guess that was inspirational for people around me and uh, so I said okay let's let's do it so I started doing this uh, parasha class every week every Shabbat afternoon for the women of Harbor Islands and uh, that went on and then they started calling me from different places to ask me if I could give shiurim so I go there's a place called K-Space in Waterways Yeah. Rabbi Yossi Smirk, and mm -hmm. he's like, he's with young uh, professionals. Uh, and so I used to go there and give a class in, at night for a parasha. And I used to give also a Shalom bite class for young newlyweds, which was my favorite one. Mm -hmm. They used to come with their bellies, then they came with their babies. Mm -hmm. It was like a lunch and learn. It was such a beautiful class. And um, I gave... A, a Rosh Hodesh class once a month to another Sephardic group and so on. I was giving seven classes a week in, in Miami. So the transition to full-on Jewish observance, observance is kind of happening in tandem with your growth as an educator. It's like as you're learning it, you're starting to live it yourself and then it just evolved from there. It's exactly that. Exactly that, yes. So you decide, you and your husband decide to move to New York City, which I'm sure wasn't an easy decision on some fronts, but, but, but a valuable one. So, so what happened then? 
So what happened was that my my is my little daughter, my little, she's 22, but mm-hmm. for me she's my baby. She graduated high school and she was going to Israel for a year. I had at that time one daughter lives in Panama and the other one lives here in New York with her, with her husbands and children. And at that moment I got like this crisis, like this emptiness syndrome. And I looked at the house, we had a beautiful big house, and I looked at my husband and I said, you know what, I don't think we should have this house anymore. I think it's outgrew us because the girls don't come so much, like they come once or twice a year, and we're traveling all the time to visit them. And every time I used to come back, I like, had issues with the house, like the, yes. the iguanas would get into my <laughs> into the ceiling and I would come and I find all the bricks in the, of the, the, the tiles of the ceiling on the, in the swimming pool. And it was <laughs> a disaster. So, so I said, I think we should sell the house and get an apartment, a condo somewhere close to my mother. It, I think it's better for us. So we went, we looked, we tell the children we're going to buy this apartment. They're devastated. We're selling the house. And my son-in-law from New York, he says to me, but mommy, he calls me mommy. Why would you move to an apartment? Move to New York. We need you here. Huh. At that moment, my, my daughter was uh, in nursing school in NYU. And she was pregnant with her first child. And uh, we looked at each other. And Roberto asked me, what do you think? And I says, you know what? For me, to be close to my kids is my dream. If you want, if you can, I would, I would like to be closer to my kids. So he can, thank God he can. And that's what we did. We, it was really a a decision that we made in one second. Incredible. Incredible. So you decide to move to your New York city. You don't have live a little higher as a plan. Um, but then you, I guess the demand people asked you and you decided, is that what happened? You asked you to, you decided to launch because people were asked, asking for what you left behind. Both, both what that was one part. The other one was that I came here and I started looking, uh, where I could teach, who could I teach? And nothing came up and nothing came up. And I was like, I'm going to dry myself if I don't teach because mm-hmm. it's, it's the air I breathe. And um, so one day I had like this, this, uh, this dream. I don't know what it was, like one aha moment in my life, like that gut feeling I had many years ago. And I asked my husband, what do you think if I would do a, a website in which I would put every every week the the classes I used to give in Miami like what parasha at that moment was like parasha shalom bait and a happy a happy living happy a hasidic approach to joy class and he said to me you know what it's a great idea i love it my husband is very 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 computer savvy and he loves all this um, technology mm-hmm. so really it's the the perfect partnership and so he said okay I love it I love it and I used to have I already had the Instagram account going on the live a little higher mm-hmm. and we left the name because we love it and um, and that's how we began and so I started with these three classes plus holidays and Rosh Hodesh and um, and that's how live a little higher was born in the in the internet you know, it's so beautiful to hear because it's it's not a solo project and your husband is not just highly supportive, but he's highly involved 
which it's it's an amazing thing. I actually, it reminds me of my husband and I, people here on the show might not know, but my husband does so much of the behind the scenes of everything I do from editing audio to editing my writing to brainstorming. I mean, there's, he is part and parcel of everything. So, I, and I just think it's, it's, it's an, an incredible thing. I don't necessarily see it often. So it's refreshing for me to hear that that is, that is the way it works for you guys. In fact, you'll hear something really, really cute. Now I'm going to share with you that when you and I first got introduced and I saw your website and I saw both of your about what you wrote right in the abouts it's you and it's your husband I sent it to my husband and I said reminds me of us ah. <laughs> and he sent a smile back very cute <laughs> yes you know what it's, marriage is a partnership I always tell the girls I teach because after I came here interestingly after I made the the website I started getting students that want to come to my house and we learn on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I teach people over over WhatsApp video uh, in Bogota, in Panama, in different places of the world. Uh, and I also teach that class where you met me once a month in the Upper East Side to yes. all these young girls. So Hashem just started bringing the people again, you know, it was, but in truth, if, if it was not for him, for my husband, I don't think I would be able to do all this he's he's half of it yeah yeah we have to give those husbands a lot more credit they yes. really they really add so much to and yes. they and they push us to be a better version of ourselves yeah and of course we do the same for them hopefully so it's, it's true i think a marriage is um you want the other one to shine a hundred percent a hundred a hundred percent and when the other one shines you're shining too beautiful Yes, that's that's exactly right, um, Margie. So when you when you guys came up with this idea, how did you decide? What was the thought process between English and Spanish? Because he, here we are, we're doing this, we're having this beautiful conversation in English by choice. Because uh, the, the the I guess our both our audiences, the majority of them are are in English. But I I've had the same dilemma over the years. So I'm curious, how did you guys make that choice? Well, I don't think it was even a choice. Were I you guess. teaching mostly in Spanish in Miami? I guess no, I was assuming that. No. All my oh. classes were in English. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay. Yes. And I've been asked by many people that I should do also Spanish on, on, on the live a little higher. Mm -hmm. I, it's more. I mean, uh, Torah anytime. I post once once a week. And they asked me if I could do Spanish for them because it, it, there's a lag. Right, right. Right, 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 right. I, I, I have, I actually have a Spanish end of my page. Like you can click on the button and it goes to Spanish. But the truth is, I don't, I don't keep up with the content because it's just very hard for me to keep up with content in both languages. And that's just my, yeah. in my ideal world, I would have it all in both languages. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe but we'll it's get a this. Project. It's a project. It's something I have in my future goals. Right. Uh, something I, I I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's try to put our heads together. Let's make this happen yes. <laughs> together in some way. Yes, God willing. Yes. <laughs> God willing. God willing. Margie, I'm gonna ask you a question that I've been testing out with some listeners. I recently didn't ask it, but I really wanted to ask uh, ask it more often. And here you go. So be my guinea pig, okay? Um, you're one of the first. So here you go. What do you think is the meaning, or to you for yourself? What do you what do you derive from the words living a joyful, richer Jewish life? What does that mean to you? To me, it means that without the connection to God, without being 
connected to Hashem, really you think you're living happy, but you're not. In my life experience, from my previous life, let's call it, because really it's like two completely different lives, you cannot compare one with the other. There is not even a comparison of, 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 of what you feel when you're, when you're living a, a, a holy, godly, connected life to Hashem. And I, I don't mean only the religious aspect. I mean the relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Because many people have, live religious lives. They, 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 they eat kosher, they keep Shabbat, they pray, but they don't have a connection. They don't have the relationship. Right. And uh, for me, that's what I try to bring to everybody. That's what I try to connect people to that relationship with Hashem, to, right. to make Him real in their lives, to make Him relevant, and, and to have Him in front of them every day, you know? I, I pray to God every day, chapter 27 of the healing, which says, I want to be in your house. I want to dwell in your, I want to walk with you, you know? Yeah. I, that, that's my whole, I think, my whole fight every day in my life is to be close to Hashem. It's, it's to have Him there always, at every instant. Wow, wow. Hey, what are you doing this summer? Would you like to join me and over 70 of the world's most renowned Jewish educators and interesting men and women in Washington, D.C. for the week or weekend of a lifetime? You can join me at the 14th Annual National Jewish Retreat at the Marriott Wardham Park Hotel in Washington, D.C. from August 13 to 18, 2019. You can come for all of it. You can come for part of it. But the most important part is that you come. You will nourish body and soul in a way you've never experienced before. Check it out at jretreat.com and use the code JLP at checkout to receive a $50 discount. Come by yourself, come with your husband, come with your entire family. There's something for everybody at the National Jewish Retreat. This is the vacation that you deserve this summer. Head over to jretreat.com and receive your special $50 discount by entering the code JLP at checkout. Code expires August 1st, 2019. So I, I, that's a perfect segue to my next question. I was going to ask you um, if you have any habits that you practice regularly or daily that helps keep you, um, I guess, grounded and, 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 and living a less fragmented life, right? Because we all live very fragmented lives. But the purpose of, of, of Judaism is to, to come to oneness and to have that real relationship with Hashem, to be present, to be more connected to the essence of who we are. So you mentioned that you do, that you say Tehillim chapter 27 of Psalms every day. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, anything else that keeps you grounded like that? Well, I, I, first of all, when I wake up, the first thing I do is I pray. I do mm-hmm. shaharit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and I put money in a tzedakah box. That's the first thing I, when I do, I wash my hands, I come into the kitchen, I put uh, money in the tzedakah box, and I, and I pray. I, I spend around half an hour praying, and that, that sets the tone for the whole day. Uh, 
because it connects you to the right outlet. And um, I think that helps me a lot. I, I do a lot of self-care on myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very disciplined with exercise, uh, with keep looking good, you know, looking the best I can. Because it's like the spiritual part, part is getting nourished and also the, the physical part. Yes, because I think the physical is connected to the spiritual. A hundred percent. If you if you don't feel good with yourself, how can you feel good with Hashem or or the rest of the world? Right. right. It has to start with us. So I, I I do every day. I exercise. I I try to dress nice. I try to be always well put, um, and uh, I think that helps me a lot because you know I don't do it because I'm. Um, I want to look like a beauty queen, but I do it because I'm, I'm, I really am a daughter of God and God is a king and a, a princess should look good, mm-hmm. you know, not for my glory, for his glory. And uh, everything I do, I always have him first. I, I, I work, I have worked in having that in mind every day of my life, that everything I do, every dress I'm going to buy. Uh, every encounter, every class, like now that you're interviewing me before you called me, I was like, please, please, Hashem is first, Hashem is first. I always try to put him in front. And uh, and I think that really makes a very big difference in, in a person's life because life is not about you anymore. It, it, it's a higher purpose. Yes, yes. And, and I feel that people what are lacking today is purpose. Mm-hmm. People don't have um, a purpose. They think they have a purpose, <laughs> but they don't. Yeah. And, right. and and when we live without it, then we need to have a purpose. And yeah. and, the, and the ultimate purpose is God. That's it. Yeah. And living for something that's so much greater than ourselves. It's just a different, it's like you said it before. It's an, it's an entirely different reality than living a self-serving life. And I, I don't really have the words to explain it either, but I, I can totally relate to what you're saying. Yes. And every class I post and every Instagram I post, I always, you know, because all these things can get up to your head. Mm-hmm. And so I try to always keep like repeat it on myself. This is for Hashem. This is I'm taking care of His children. This is mm-hmm. for His children, it, and it really puts things in a completely different uh, place. Yeah, it's a whole different. It's a re- reframing. Now, take me to the habit of prayer because I find that that for me personally has been something that I've had to build over the years and it's it's it hasn't been easy so when you say that nowadays I mean you've been in this journey for for decades already you you spent you spend the time and you daven the entire you pray the entire shacharit but I can only imagine that you built up to that or please tell me you did (laughs) for sure no and I tell people when you're gonna start praying start slowly like I, I started with the Braha, the mm-hmm. morning blessings, and mm-hmm. Shema. Mm-hmm. And then I started adding the, the, the blessings before the Shema. And then I started adding the, the, the Amida. Mm-hmm. And little by little, I started incorporating Ashray, and I do the Tachnun. And right. so little by little, I started uh, while I was, you know, it's like when you start going to the gym for mm-hmm. the first time in your life. You cannot... Uh, take the heavy weights you have no strength so you have to start with the with the little weights and then little by little you're going to become stronger and stronger and eventually you'll be able to to do more 
So with the prayer is the same. I feel that up till today, it's still a challenge for me. I have to be honest because the mind wanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're praying and you're thinking about so- other things. So I keep myself very vigilant about that. And every time my, my mind starts to wander again, I start thinking about, I want to be with you, Hashem. I want to be with you, Hashem. And then I go back into my prayer. Mm, I like that. that helps me a lot. And I've had a lot of beautiful moments like that, of, of, of really of connection and feeling the warmth of God with me. I like that. I personally had this very cute interaction. My son was walking out the door this morning, walking to school. So it happened to be that I woke up a little bit later today than usual because my husband tra- traveled and he came in the middle of the night. Um, but usually, us- usually I try to have those moments to myself. Like I really am intentional about waking up before my children so that I act- I can actually pray in a quiet space because that helps me with focusing on you know it's just very helpful to me but today my son was awake when when I was praying so he saw me so as he's walking away he said so ma like you you've increased like you I see that you're praying more and so I told him like all the different prayers that I'm saying now for Shahars he's like very good ma ma really nice he was like with a big smile (laughs) and that really creates a very big impact in him for sure I think for them to see that they're the adults in their lives um are trying and are take this as something so valuable and so precious I mean what could be right what could be a better example I yes. guess, right? And, and and you have to be the, exactly what you're going to be. This is what they're going to be because you have to show them the way. It's right, not so right. much about what you tell them. It's what you sh- you show them. No, my kids in terms of that, I mean, they're everything. They know everything. They say, they, they teach me tunes. They I, I ask them when I'm preparing a class, I always go to them. Can you explain this Rashi to me again? I'm like they're, they know they're my, you know, and, and, and that's just thank God, listen, I'm giving them a Jewish education. They definitely have a lot more skills than I do. And I think it's, it's built a beautiful relationship that, uh, you know, they know I come to them, they come to me for other things. And uh, that's, uh, that's part of it. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Margie, you talked about, um, you mentioned how prayer is still obviously a little bit challenging. And I think, by the way, it's probably, that's why it's called a service of the heart, right? It's, it's, it's avoda, it's service, it's work, right? It, it is, it's something that, uh, that, that is a struggle for, for many of us. Um, is there, is there something else that as you did this, um, transformation in your life over the years, you saw as more of a challenge and even perhaps a, a challenge that you, you saw that you had the strength to thrive in something that really kind of tested you or kept testing you over time, but you really have overcome or you saw that it, it was, it was to your benefit. Any, any something that stands out? Yes. Um, I think one of the hardest mitzvahs for me was actually to cover my hair. Mm. And I remember my husband used to look already like a rabbi. He had a beard. He had <laughs> 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 And I, I still was with my hair uncovered. And I said to him, you know, you know, I don't think this is going to be in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I, I have allergy. Every time I see a person with a shato, <laughs> it itches. I, I don't know. I see it from like, like I could like see them from three blocks out away. I have allergy. And, <laughs> and I had an allergy. It really, really, there was, you know, and, it, and they say that the, the harder it is for you is because that's exactly what you came to overcome in this world. Exactly. 
So he said, don't worry. He's always been so nice and understanding. Don't worry, Margie. It's not important for me. If you never cover your hair. I'm okay with it. It's okay. So we went to Israel one summer. It was 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I was in, in Jerusalem, obviously, I went around with a, with a tail in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a scarf. Car, a nice scarf. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we were in the, in the Golan Heights that day. And um, the, no, sorry, we were in Metula. Metula is right next to the Lebanon border in a, in a, in a place called Banias, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful waterfall. Yes, yes. And we saw a lot of the uh, action going around, like the IDF and the tanks. And the, we, we didn't know what was going on. And suddenly we're inside of this beautiful place and the, we hear bombs. Uh-oh. And um, my daughters went crazy. They started running like nuts like mm. all over the place and there was a guy there with the, his family he says don't worry i'm from the army the, this is israel shooting uh, um, to the lebanon uh, not not lebanon shooting to us and we asked him what's going on so he says well they they sh- they shot uh, three soldiers i think it was that morning or something happened and they, uh, there's a war it, it just started but don't worry because when the Israel hits Lebanon, it sounds like woo, boom. But if it comes this way, it's boom. So we were like, what are we going to do? So we decided to get in the car and go back to Tiberias. We were staying in Tiberias. And while we're driving, I see the mountains on the right side. They're all burning. <gasps> and I still couldn't like come to, to understand what was going on. I thought someone had lit a match and left it there. But it really was that there was a war going on, and we came to the hotel, and the the guy in the in the for me this was like surreal. The guy in the in the you know all these hotels have this store, uh, and he was in there. And he was so sad and so depressed, and he says, "I cannot believe we're in a war again. We just came out of the intifadas. Finally, we have tourism again in Israel. Now we're oh. back into this, and everybody was like." so depressed and you could see all these uh, tank ta- how do you call the los tanques de guerra the tanks yeah the 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 fighter tanks i think the fighter said. tanks they were coming and they were stopping in the hotel and they were filling them with food it was like surreal really it was surreal so at the end a friend of mine called me from tel aviv and says and margie the news because we were looking at cnn and this and we didn't have like we didn't know what to do. We were going to go to Tzfat for Shabbat. And she says, definitely don't go to Tzfat. Come back to Jerusalem. This is going to get very bad. So we came back to Jerusalem. And this, this, that Shabbat, I had the most eerie, scariest experience in my whole life. We were in the Kotel. And the, the, the sky was red. I, I don't understand. It was red. And everybody was crying. It was horrendous. And every time... The, 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 the Arabs, when they kill a, a Jew, uh-huh. they fireworks. So there was a lot of fireworks going on. So oh, my every, God. Hysterical crying because everybody understood what was going on. And I went to the wall and I cried and I cried. And I'm talking to you and I'm going to cry. And I said to Hashem, you know what, Hashem? I know it's very hard for me. But if I can do one thing for Israel and the Jewish people, I'm going to put on my shade. Wow. And I just need you to give me the strength and help me do it because I cannot do it. So we went back to Miami a few days later and there were a lot of the healing groups going on everywhere. 
And I remember I used to go with my with my tehill in the in the bag, in my purse. And every time I would go to one of these tehillim groups, I would take it out and put it on and pray, and then I take it off. And then, <laughs> the, 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 the scarf goes in the bag, out of the bag. No. <laughs> And then it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna it's it's almost a lul, almost a month of a lul. And I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm gonna put on a shaitel. I called my rebetzin, and I said to her, I'm ready for the shaitel. I'm gonna I'm gonna cover my hair. And she said, you're crazy. I said, no, I know I'm crazy, <laughs> but I need to do this. I need to do this. Uh, I, I, I there's no. I have to do it. So her daughter used to sell shaitels from from uh, California. It was not like today that you have all these shaitels everywhere. The, right, it was right. very not easy to find a shaitel. What year is this, by the way, Margie? 2006. Uh-huh. And uh, so she sent me two shaitels, and I put one of them on, and it was exactly like my hair. Mm. And so my rebetzin took me to the shaitel maher. She, she fixed it a little bit. She washed it. She combed it, whatever. I came out with the shaitel on my head. It was Rosh Hodesh Elul, Hmm. And uh, and um, and she said to me, you know what? This is not an easy mitzvah. Wear it in your house. Put it on on Shabbat. Little by little, you'll get used to it. I put it on and I never took it off. Hmm. It, that night, I'm looking at the shaitel and what do I see? I see lies. The shaitel is full of lies. What? I almost died. And I start crying and I tell my husband, look at this, look at this. The shaitel is full of lies. I don't understand. So I put it into a sleep block and I, and I went to sleep, to sleep crying that night. Like I couldn't stop crying. I was like, I don't understand. Why doesn't Hashem want my mitzvah? Why is he doing this for me, to me? I'm doing <laughs> this for him. Like, I, don't, I was so upset. And then the next day I'm wait, I woke up and I'm waiting for a normal, decent hour to call the, the, the Rebetzin and tell her what happened. And I call her up and I said, look what happened to my shaito. And she says, and she starts laughing. I says, oh, Margie, they all come with lies. Don't worry. We'll get it cleaned again. What? And so, she said, thank God, thank God. She was so happy. She, I said, why are you so happy? She says, I'm so relieved. And I say, why are you relieved? She says, because this mitzvah, I know it was a very hard mitzvah for you, but it was so not 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 uh, it was not hard for you. It was like you put it on and it's like you had it in your head all your life. And there was like no effort into it. I was very worried. It didn't give me a good feeling. Like no obstacles came along yeah, your way. Yeah, it didn't give me a good feeling. It didn't give me, I came home and I was very distraught. I said to the rabbi, I don't like it. There's something wrong here. <laughs> now you call me, you tell me that the shaitel is full of lies. <laughs> I'm so happy because now it's a true mitzvah. Wait, let's so get something straight. Is the rabbit in Sephardic? <laughs> No, no, she's Chabad. Oh, okay, that's funny. Okay, but, but <laughs> this is a I funny story. Like all my life, I was like, I have allergy towards and uh, towards the towards the shakels, and now I'm wearing one and I'm happy with it. Like it didn't make sense. To right, her. right, 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 right. But, uh, but really, the strength came from God because I asked Him to help me and um, and overcome everything that comes with it. No, I was very worried what my mother-in-law was gonna say, what my daughters were gonna say, what my friends were gonna say. So at the end of the day, like people were like, oh, we were waiting for you to do this so many years ago. I, I don't know what took you so long, you know? Really? Yeah. Uh, 
Really? So that's my Shaitl story. For and the for the record, I just don't want to scare listeners away. I I personally had never he- heard of like lice on Shaitls being a common thing. <laughs> you know what? Nowadays you don't get that because right. nowadays the hair doesn't come from India. It's mm-hmm. prohibited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In those days, the hair came from these places. Yes, yes, you're right, Not you're right. It's European hair, which is a different quality, different everything. Right, But right. it seems that in those days, it was very common. Right, right, right. All right, Margie, let's do some JLP fill in the blanks, shall we? Sure. All right. I'm Margie Scherer, and I feel most spiritual when? I'm going against my nature. Ooh, sounds like you, yes. <laughs> my favorite mitzvah, or one that I connect with the most, is? I love making challah. I do too. I really enjoy it, actually. I love it. It's like one, it's like my date with God. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? My fondest Jewish memory is when my grandmother used to light Shabbat candles with my mom and I would stand right next to them. Oh, that's so nice. Today I have her, I, today I, I have her candelabra, my grandmother's. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is? Everything. (laughs) When I give tzedakah, I like to give to? I like to give to empowering people to be closer to God. Hmm. Education, I guess. Beautiful. Finally, I'm Margie Scherer, and today I'm most grateful for? This interview. Oh, <laughs> Margie Sher, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure, such a fun conversation. I'm so happy that we got to connect. We definitely have a lot in common. And uh, our dear mutual friend, Nikki Schreiber, who introduced us, although we had connected previously through the internet, uh, was right on point when she, she called me one day. She said, I met this teacher and she reminds me she's just like you. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's really a very big compliment for me me. (laughs) margie share everybody go head over to livealittlehigher.com and check out all that beautiful incredible content i have been i've been taking it all in you really are going to enjoy it and of course you can find her on instagram at live a little higher margie thank you so much thank you Thanks to Margie Shera for stopping by. You can find Margie at livealittlehigher.com and on Instagram at livealittlehigher. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. How did you like going over the 100th episode hump with another Jewish Latin princess? I personally loved it. If you like this episode and if you're new to the show, well, first of all, welcome. And of course, head over to iTunes rate and review section to leave your rating. That is the best way to let iTunes know that this is a high quality show so that it recommends it to Jewish women looking for good content on platform. And speaking of iTunes, I've been itching for a while to have another show. So maybe we'll discuss that. But don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. We're still here. And on that note, if you know of a uniquely talented Jewish woman whom you'd like me to interview on the show, please let me know. I'm always open to suggestions. Yael at Jewish Latin Princess. Or you can head over to the website where you can contact me and access all the shows as well as new blog posts and leave a question for Ask Yael. That's also that's also something I'm looking for. The reviews on those are great, so we want to keep having them, but I need your questions. Let me know what's on your mind, and I'll give it my best shot, I promise. I hope you're having a great day, and I wish you a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes. 
leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.